welcome back to another episode of Unrespectability Politics. I'm Alexis. I'm Deandria. Hey, sis. Hey. What'd you say last week? Hey, hey girl. Hey. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey sis. Um, Who are we? It's been... Uh, <laughs> 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 I honestly feel like every single time we start the show, we just... It's always been a week. It's always stress. Like, I don't know who told us to just start... <laughs> Uh, politics, uh, like a political podcast right now, but yo, this, we really have a lot of material. This time is the time <laughs> for it. Like, if there wasn't any other time, I hope that you know, not only are we getting viewers because I am a low key attention craver, um, but <laughs> <laughs> like, so Leo, if you wanted to know the real deal about what's going on in the world globally, nationally, as it relates to politics, this is the this is the podcast for you. We got you. For real. This is it. So I, if you are listening right now, thank you. If if your friends are not, please tell them to tune in because we are really talking about a lot of real stuff. And it's just honestly getting scary out here. Like the misinformation. Child. The conspiracies, child. <laughs> <laughs> That's really real. Um, and we'll be getting into some of that today. But let's get into the State of the Union. So... Last Tuesday, well, this Tuesday, March 10th, um, Biden and Bernie were up again trying to snag some of them delegates. Uh, Biden, he's looking like he's about to be our nominee. Yeah. He swooped Idaho, Michigan, which, like, I'm stressed about, whatever, Missouri, and Mississippi. Uh, Washington is still, uh, they're trying to figure out who is going to take that state, but I mean, that was the majority of the states on this primary yeah. season, like for this week. So I'm just, how you feeling about Biden being the nominee? How you feeling about that? Do well, you okay. So my, this is actually going to be my tea later, but my people that I know um, who are in this work. And when I say this work, this organizing work, this let's get everyone free work, um, and then there's also people that I know that are just in the political spectrum, um, which, I mean, I think they would like, they could call themselves the establishment. Um, a lot of the mm-hmm. establishment has grabbed Biden as their candidate and people mm-hmm. who are just in between who don't really follow politics, which is totally fine. You shouldn't allow this stuff to stress you out. I don't know why I love this stuff so much. But do be an informed voter. (laughs) People in between are leaning towards Biden. And how does that make me feel when asked, okay, if Biden becomes a nominee, what what are you going to do in November? Child, I'm voting for Biden. (laughs) I mean, Mm -hmm. what other choice is there? I think we get so caught up in the, okay, who is going to be our nominee um, to what we actually need to do in November I made my voice known on Super Tuesday. I voted for Elizabeth Warren. That's who I believed I wanted to be the nominee. But now that she's no longer in the race, I will be voting for whoever the nominee is in November. Um, How does that make me feel? Mm -hmm. I just want people to vote their values. That was the last episode. Vote your values. And we're going to pull this out in November because that joke of a president right now on Pennsylvania Avenue baby <laughs> he gotta go he gotta, he go. gotta go he gotta he get got out to go okay like walk away <laughs> i am dead no that's real i mean the primary one good thing about the the fact that the race is getting smaller is the fact that we do have two candidates that people are able to you know zero in on i personally am not a biden fan yeah. but if it's looking like he's going to be the nominee, then like that's just I'm just going to have to suck it up and do what I need to do. I definitely think that as a person who is from the get free camp, okay. I have an OK, I have an extra accountability to hold this man accountable. Yes. Like if Biden is going to be the nominee, presumably the president, like folks on the left 
have to keep pushing him on his policies. Right. Like it's not acceptable for him to just get in and do the same things that he's been doing. The status quo is not working for a lot of folks in this country. And so if it does get to that point, like I'm ready, but I'm also ready to like mobilize and activate right. um, some of these progressive policies that we've been holding with us since the Warren, since the Bernie's like the, the train is not about right. to stop. So and even if Bernie was the nominee, you know, like I would still Period. be holding him accountable, even though I will say oh, um, he he's closer to Elizabeth Warren than Biden will ever be as it relates to climate Period. change um, and other different policies. But yeah, no, I mean, we all should be holding our legislators um, and those accountable, even our friends. Like I was in a situation where yeah. I was supporting a candidate that most people in the black community didn't expect me to support, but let's, let's just be honest. If you're not about that life and your policies, then I mean, mm-hmm. it don't like, it is it's what it not is. a thing. It's not a thing. So I support, I vote, I go forth on my values. Okay. Right. And that's really the best way to lead and guide your process, honestly. Yeah. Like, don't be willy nilly out here. Your principles should be the thing that is guiding in everything that yeah. you do. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, in other recent news about the candidates, the Phoenix debate was canceled and moved to Washington, D.C. Uh, because of the coronavirus, <laughs> which we're about to get into. So, you know, I'm excited, I guess, to see them. Um, duke it out in this next debate we'll see <laughs> will they have any audience members <laughs> that's not i don't think so so that's gonna be a butthole right I'm... now stop <laughs> it's just real life though like there's a lot going on with this whole yeah. virus and it's about to basically take up our whole show so there's that um but yeah stay tuned for that debate next week i guess we might as well just move into this corona <laughs> rona the Rona. Rona that? Child. <laughs> Y'all, it's really not funny, but like, it is funny because the fact that <laughs> y'all just come up with these nicknames. <laughs> Where did that even come from? I told people that I got it from you. And people were laughing Your at me. Your cousins <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> you know like... where it came from. Yes. <laughs> Your cousins on the internet. Hey, cousin. <laughs> 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 no, they wow. Oh, one more thing before we move on into the virus and just the effects of that. I wanted to put a plug in for Michigan. Um, so 2020 is an important election year, obviously, because of the presidential, but because of the census, too. So we were talking about this a little mm. bit last week. Um, please make sure to look out for census updates today. Um well, yesterday, you should have received some type of update or correspondence um, in your Michigan inbox that talks about the census. So just making sure that we're keeping up to date with that is really, really important that we stand up and be counted because of, like we said last week, the funding and the money. So just a plug to Michigan voters. I'm not sure how they're doing it in North Carolina, but look out for that because we need to hear your voice. You need to be counted. We need these money. We need to Get the bag so that mm. people can have resources. And that's incredibly important as we start talking about um, everything, yeah. um, especially with this virus. Can I add on to that, sis? Um, yeah. Earlier this, no, last year, towards the end of last year, I wrote a paper about the U.S. Census. Um, and so I know a little hmm. bit about the process. I don't proclaim that I'm an expert in the census, but mm-hmm. all of that information can be found on census.gov. Um they start this year is the first year that they're actually allowing people to do the application online. However, mm. um, this is not to alarm you still fill out the census, but there wasn't a lot right. of funding um, in that endeavor to make it as secure. Will it work? Yeah, it could possibly. Will it be secure? Yeah, it could possibly be, but make sure that you are filling out the forms that you receive um, and that you, uh, turn them back in in a timely manner for the reasons that we mentioned on the last show and you participate. And so the census day is on April 1st. 
just because that's April Fool's Day does not mean that you do not need to fill out your senses. And this is not a joke. I know that sometimes Lexus, Alexis and I can be real smack. Um, and I do like to put in a little jokey joke every now and then, but it's just because just a little joke, a little joke, joke. There, you know, a little joke. But, but this is really right. Right. Census day is very important. And so um, April 1st is actual census day. People will probably start coming to your home if you haven't already filled it out by then. Um, and that that will be also prolonged, prolonged until um, several months following April. So make sure that you are counted. As I mentioned last show, black and brown folks, elderly folks and young people, babies are the hardest to count. And they are probably mm-hmm. the most vulnerable when it comes to getting that type of support and funding from the U.S. government. And so we need to make sure that we are counted effectively. OK. Yeah. Yes. Great. Wonderful plug. All right, y'all, let's get into this virus. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of hoopla hub about the coronavirus. I actually want to just start with the actual definition from the World Health Organization, because we are all about defunct- debunking myths out here. And so I really just wanted to start with, you know, what this actual virus is. So it says the coronavirus well, coronaviruses are a large family of viruses that cause that cause illnesses ranging from the common cold to more severe diseases such as Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, which is MERS, um, severe acute respiratory syndrome. Girl, they got me in here like this is class. SARS <laughs> and other diseases. So the coronavirus is actually like a larger brand of viruses. There are many viruses or disease that fall under the coronavirus. This uh, particular one is coronavirus 19. Um, And these viruses are transmitted between animals and people. Um, This particular virus started in Wuhan, China. And ever since they have confirmed those cases, (laughs) I'm sorry. What you said just sounded right now. really wish the dog had seen the way that Deandre was looking at me. It was actually not okay. Because <laughs> like, it sounded so nasty. Girl. <laughs> anyway, y'all. So basically, I read all of that to say this virus is a lot. I definitely um, am acknowledging that people are very fearful. But I also would like to uplift the fact that we have experienced some of these viruses before. I think most of the concern for us right now is the fact that there is no um, cure for this virus and people's immune systems are not used to being in contact with it. So that is something to be somewhat alarmed about. But girl, the way that they shutting down these universities (laughs) and these institutions, the NBA is not going to have an audience. Like it's it's a lot. Um, The NBA suspended their games. Mm-hmm. Girl, ACC tournament Which is, is, has been canceled. Girl, like I'm just yeah. So there's a lot going on. Um, I for one think that if we all just wash our hands and cover our mouths. Us who are presumed as like normally healthy people will be able to withstand this virus. I will say, though, it is very important that we are thinking about our vulnerable populations, such as our senior citizens, those who um, experience autoimmune diseases like that is that is my concern. Um, How are we reaching those who may not have the resources or, unfortunately, the immune system to bounce back Mm -hmm. from these viruses? These are the people that are also susceptible to other diseases, just, you know, on the regular. So um, this is really causing us to think a lot about our social fabric and just like, are we prepared to handle an epidemic of this proportion? I really don't. I really don't think so. And that is really what has me concerns. Like if we shut down corporations, these companies, right. like how are people going to eat? Not everybody has paid um, sick time or paid time off. Right. Like right. the social fabric is really not okay. But let's get into what the corona is doing. Yeah. Um, I guess I can start about North Carolina. So 
as of Thursday, yeah. March 12th, we have in North mm-hmm. Carolina confirmed 12 cases in the state. Um, in the counties of Wake mm-hmm. County, Mecklenburg County, Johnston County, and Forsyth. Mm-hmm. And uh, the North, North Carolina has uh, assembled a task force with the governor. Um, and they are actively looking at what they can do. Uh, Lex mentioned universities are taking um, precautionary measures. I'm a grad student at Duke University, and we haven't extended our spring break another week. Um, for me... Yeah, I am kind of sorry. I was gonna say, yeah. So Detroit Mercy has also moved to online classes, y'all. Like it's just I know our online classes um, will be starting net the week after next on March twenty third until further notice. That's how you could tell things Mm. are getting real. They don't even know when this is not going to be a thing anymore. Um, All I know is um, I will be graduating, so. Yeah. And that's on period. Yeah. <laughs> that's on period. Yeah. We also have a line sister. Shout out to Crystal, who is about to defend. Like, this has really gotten people for her PhD. Right. Like, this has really gotten people all out of sorts. But we, we walking across the I stage, honey. Degree. We getting these Because I already paid for it. Period. Um, so, and this capitalist okay. country. And let's be honest. If anybody's going to get it. Okay. And honestly... If we're being real, and I hate that I have to say this, if anybody's going to figure it out, it's going to be black women. So ah. if that means that we got to come up in there, be some scientists, do what we need to do, that's exactly what we're going to do because people are going to graduate. Okay, anyway. Right. I'm right. But Lex mentioned, you know, I I have been thinking about this a lot. This crisis has made America consider things that I feel as though we should have been considering already. Just uh, today, the U.S. House passed a bill um, they call the virus bill. This bill makes uh, free coronavirus testing accessible to all those who are in vulnerable populations. Um, (coughs) Medicare for all. Okay. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. Cool. 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 No, but for real. Um, (laughs) It requires private health insurance plan, private health insurance plans to provide free testing. It waives cost sharing rules for uh, testing provided to people covered by Medicare, Medicaid and federal retirement programs. And it boosts federal matching funds to state Medicaid programs by 8%. Can I can I get a like why wasn't this already covered? Amen. Anyhow, well, let me get on this. Uh well it also gives paid sick leave, which I mean, I'll be honest with you, part of my reason for going back to school was to uh make sure that I was able to land a job to where that was like that was necessary. That was bottom line. That was the baseline coverage in my um, in my benefits. And so now yeah. they're considering this for um, temporary, this temporary in this bill, but for federal sick leave benefit paid through the Social Security program um, and workers with the coronavirus or caring for family members with it will receive two thirds of their rage- wages for up to the for up to three months. Um, I think we can do better than that, but I believe that this is an okay start. Um, it also creates a federally mandated sick leave benefit for private businesses, which basically means they're requiring private benefit, uh, pri- private businesses to federally mandate sick leave to all of their workers. Uh, it also requires a food aid. Um, for those who know, there are populations that are in food deserts that have food insecurity, families have food insecurity across the nation. Um, It addresses that and also unemployment benefits for those workers who are laid off because of the coronavirus outbreak. Um, Can you imagine that, you being laid off just because you happen to get sick? Mm -hmm. And it's real. It is very real life, which is why, like I said, I'm very stressed out about not necessarily the threat of the virus, but the effects of the virus and the way that 
So many of our social institutions and I guess what we thought was appropriate as rules are crumbling. Right. Like, and who is left to pick up those pieces? Like vulnerable populations, poor people, black people, brown right. people. Like, this is just bringing so many things to light. Girl, in Detroit, doing. we had, but that's what I'm saying. And honestly, another frustration, which really just started the whole frustration train, a couple weeks ago, or maybe a week ago, I don't know if you're familiar, but in Detroit, we've been dealing with a lot of water shutoffs mm. because water bills have been too high for residents. And honestly, a lot of that is not even their fault. There's a whole long story behind that. So many activists on the ground have been campaigning for Detroit water to turn the water back wow. on. And it was only last week that they turned the water back on basically because they were like, it's a health risk. Like, it's been a health risk. So now because y'all are afraid that these poor people are going to get sick and not wash their hands, we got to turn their water. Like they should have been had water. Right. I don't understand. Like it really just makes no sense. And it's evil. Like it's really just, it's violent. And I, that so that started my frustrations of just like, we should have been doing all this stuff. You can tell where countries have their priorities by how they treat poor people. Sick people, period. Old people, period. Young people, women, women. Like United States of America, do better. Just do better, okay? Because I was gonna say something else, but this is trashy, rumpy. Like, okay, it's not. I'm not going there. So don't take me there. Anyway. Period. Like, honestly, you need to be an actor. I told you I was trying to be an actor. Don't start. Don't start. <laughs> don't start. I used like, to don't be start. Place. Anyways, um, yeah. <laughs> on to the next. Not only Period. I read, I watched this on the news today because I told Lex about how my day just has not been how it typically would be. But I mean, I'm on spring break, so things just have not around been how they typically would be. I wake up super early. I would have got like a gazillion things done by now. But anyways, um, I was watching the news earlier and this global public health crisis of the coronavirus has turned into a global economic crisis. And I am very interested to see what the United States has planned for this because, you know, we all about that dollar. We one of the most capitalist countries sure. in the world. Ever. ever, ever in the world. We had to kill people okay. for it, enslave okay. people, all for this. this. Ain't nobody got time. All for this. And, and our, our, as you can see, this economic crisis is turning within days. The Dow drops more yeah. than 2,000 points as of Thursday, March 12th. Um, and trading has been briefly halted due to the European stocks looking even worse due to Trump's travel ban. Um, for those who did not know, Wednesday, Trump issued, he did a, uh, a what did I say it was a press conference, but he did a announcement. <laughs> that was smack. <laughs> that was the smackest conference, child. Yeah, yeah. That's y'all. I mean, man. I, I lied, like, man. twice. Like, I don't, I don't understand. I ain't vote for that, man. <laughs> Just not. So he did a, he did an announcement. Announcing that effective Friday, March 13th, all foreign nationals, anyone who are who are not uh, citizens of the UN, U.S., born citizens by the, of the U.S., will be restricted travel from European countries into the U.S. And so not including the United Kingdom, yeah, not including the United Kingdom. They got an exemption. I'm not sure why, but I know it's smack. Um, <laughs> you... isn't it always though? Um, like, isn't it always? And the crazy thing about this, isn't it always though? Um, like, isn't it always? And the crazy thing about this band is also the fact that, like, he also put it on like 
the the flight and the airline companies, but like ambassadors, like embassies across the world didn't even know. So I literally have a friend who's in Egypt right now. And she was like posting something about how basically she's had to check in with the embassy about a million times because they were like, we just can't trust the news. Like he put this ban out and we honestly like did not communicate this with any of the other parties. And see, that's that bull. Like really, leadership is so much more than just like, running things like you should run them well exactly like open communication exactly like coordination maybe this will be the crisis that i believe make sure that he does not get a re-election and i hate to politicize this both parties are already politicizing this this public health crisis but i'm not gonna lie to you if i didn't watch his <laughs> watch his shenanigans on wednesday and think yep He's not going to be president. This is it. <laughs> this is it for you, This is it. This, <laughs> this is, is it, it for you. I, girl, I'm just trying to get to November. At this point, I feel like there are Child. so many things that are just threatening people's, yes. like, normal way of life. Like, dang, can I, we going to be locked up? Like, I'm just quarantined? Are we going to be able to vote? Like, it's just, right. it's a lot. And you know where I stand. Like, I'm much more conspiracy theorist than anything. So I'm just like, look, I'm keeping my eyes yeah. open. This year? Looking around. I'm ready for 2021. (laughs) Dang, we just started. But you know Mm -hmm. what? When we was was in undergrad in like 2014, and they were talking about that preeminence 2020 stuff, and ain't nobody got time for that either. I was like, no, 2020 about to be a weird year, bro. 2020 is about to be a weird year. I felt it in my spirit. That was like six years ago. Like, girl. It in your chakras. I really didn't know. I really, <laughs> I did. Like, no, but for real, this okay. year has been weird since January first. Oh my gosh, yeah. it's just been so weird. Yeah, that's strange. <sighs> just very strange. I guess. It's okay, y'all. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't have any more to say about that. Um, please do your due diligence, though. Make sure you're researching all of the things that you're seeing on social media, please don't spread information that you haven't fact checked right. or has come from some official source, because I think that's adding to the panic and with anything, like not even just with the right. disease, we just need to be vigilant and making sure we're sharing accurate, true information. And if you don't know, and, you know Facebook, ask, don't be checking for that. So, yeah. As a segue into our next segment, we'll, <laughs> we'll be answering a few <laughs> listener questions, but feel free to ask us. Yeah, we'll give you the. And if we'll we don't know the, the answer, we will give you our opinion. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, y'all love that. Like, y'all I'll thrive off of that. All right, let's get into these questions. Lord, all right. You want to start with the first question or the second question first? Uh, probably the second question. Let's start with because it's more. Yeah, let's start with the second question. It's more on theme. All right, so it says I have been seeing posts about. There being a disease in every election year. Is there any truth to this or is this just coincidental? How would the candidates or the government benefit from scaring its citizens? <laughs> this is such a great question for me personally, because like I said, I am a conspiracy theorist at heart. And I really just believe that the government always has ulterior motives to everything. I will say though, as me and D'Andrea were doing some research, um, and we'll drop some of these links in the show notes, but PolitiFact basically debunked the fact that like there are diseases every single year. Some of these diseases, like um, do, 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 do. take SARS, for example, um, that disease was actually the outbreak uh, was found out in 2003. So it was a little bit before the 2004 election. Um, I think that to G. Andrea's point, a lot of these diseases, whether they outbreak before or around elections, are politicized anyway. Mm-hmm. So that might make it seem like there is more coordination between the election and these outbreaks. But to D'Andrea's earlier point, I don't think some of these politicians are that smart. <laughs> I think that, <laughs> unfortunately, like, there is a 
real threat to our health systems, to our health. I mean, even the way in which like we process food and just transmission of diseases, like that's not something that we talk about a lot, but the reality of, of the reality of all of it is that we're always susceptible to disease, right. right? Like you can get the flu at any point in your life. Like there's always something out there um, that that can attack the body. I do think that there is some benefit in keeping citizens scared, keeping people um, in panic, because I think that, and this is this is not even just what I think. It's like. we've seen in past history that when citizens or people are scared, they're much more willing to give up their rights or do things that they normally wouldn't in like a time of stability. And I think that a lot of people, um, especially with this election, are looking to leaders to really lead the way and have the answers, which is why it's really important to have somebody in office and in offices, not just executive, just being responsible for these positions who can have the discernment and the judgment to be calm enough to find solutions and really like guide people um, during a scary time, during a panic time. Um, I definitely believe, like I said, that the threat of this virus is, um, you know, it's, it's getting up there, but I think the, (laughs) the biggest threat is, is really what it's doing. Like I said, to our social fabric, and how is this affecting our vulnerable populations? I think that's something that we're not talking about enough. And yeah, it's really it's really unfortunate. But I definitely think that to to the question's point or the answer to the question is that no, it's it's been debunked. But there is definitely something to be said for chaos yeah. and fear mongering yeah. and all of these tactics or tools that politicians especially used to rally bases, to get people to switch sides, to get people to believe or buy into whatever new solution that they have. Um, And so that's why it's really important to like stay calm in these situations, do your due diligence, your research. And like Deandre said, ask questions. Um, I think honestly, people should be talking to each other a lot more about this. Um, and not saying so isolated. I agree. You said that very well, Lex. Thanks. Aw, look at us just being so cute. <laughs> Y'all don't mind us. Dude, like, whatever. Like, <laughs> That's the girl who basically was like, I love you last episode. Like, she a cutie. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. We just love each feelings. other. Your emotions. <laughs> Bye. But yeah, I hope that answered that question. Um, let's move into the next Got one. It. You want me to read it? Yeah. Okay, we got a listener question that said, what do Biden and Bernie need to do now to address specific issues in the Black community that they haven't already addressed or addressed well enough? If they are the nominee, how does that further shift or change? So that's a two-part question. First, we'll talk about what they need to do now to address specific issues that they haven't already addressed or addressed well enough. And then the second part of the question is, if they are the nominee, how does that further shift or change? (laughs) (laughs) I'm really just trying to get my thoughts together because... Anytime we start talking about the Black community, Black voters, I get really defensive. Um, I think that the Democratic Party has utilized Black votes for so long that they sometimes forget that we actually have a voice and need say and accountability in the issues that Democrats bring to the table. Um, I feel like for a lot of ways, we are used as kind of like the mules of the party. And once it's over... um, it doesn't matter. And so I'm, I'm very sensitive to this. I feel like especially as we're moving into this new era of progressive politics and those who identify with those things being more vocal about fighting for the communities that they care about, um, both of these politicians are going to need to shift and not even just them, but like all politicians are going to need to shift as the base is getting younger and 
browner and more melanated and Hispanic and multifaceted. Um, I think this is a really good question that all campaigns need to be asking is how are we upholding beliefs? How are we reaching brown voters, black voters? Um, Yeah, I think that both of them are not exempt from their past. So I know (laughs) with Joe Biden specifically, there are a lot of questionable things that he's done uh, before the glory days of just being Obama's best friend, right? Like we have the the author of the crime bill, the racial segregation, Anita more Hill. importantly to me, the, the silencing of Anita Hill and the Clarence case. You know, there are a lot of things that this man is going to have to um, account for. And I think it's, it's really about the approach. So you can't erase the past, but you also shouldn't double down. So if people ask you questions, you need to have ready answers and not just pretend like that's something that happened in the past. Like these are still things that pe- that the ramifications of those things, people are still feeling. Um, and they're especially felt in the black right. community. And can I add so, on to that? Um, and like, yeah. when you're addressing those things that have been questionable in your past, they also need not to be canned, prepared answers that people can tell This Mm. is how I'm going Mm -hmm. to deflect this question or this is how I'm going to address and put a Band-Aid on it. I want to see, I mean, I know that Biden has Simone Sanders as one of his chief um, political, like, stop rolling your eyes. She's a senior advisor. I'm not. I'm there just looking straight at you. Anyway. (laughs) I'm not rolling my eyes. I'm just rolling my eyes. (laughs) Anyhow. Um, but I mean, I know that Biden has Simone. I'm not quite sure who Bernie has, but like, I think that starts with who is in your his circuit. Who is it? Is Nina? Oh Simone. yeah, Nina, Nina, Nina Turner. Nina, Nina, Turner. Yeah, Nina sorry, Turner. Nina Turner. I've heard her speak. <laughs> um, I've heard mixed thoughts about her, but I so far I think I like her. Um, shout out to Ohio. Okay, shout out Ohio. Shout out. <laughs> 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 okay, I'm sorry. But yeah, how do um, we get caught off um real quickly? But anyways, <laughs> but yeah, like I think that starts off. Um so they check that mark, who is closest around them that occupy that space of being in the black community and also I think which is important to to highlight both of the, both of those women women also check the space of I'm also not only black but I am a woman. Um and that intersectionality is something different that that needs to be acknowledged. Um, and I need that. I need them to think about, so what have we already done? Was that good enough? Could it be better? Mm-hmm. Um, now that's mm-hmm. on their side. Now I know I'm gonna get to this a little bit in my tea, but, mm-hmm. and we kind of already spoke to this in the previous episodes when it comes to the black community, I get really frustrated that we are, I want. I do want to say this, but I don't want to say this at the same time. (laughs) We allow, we allow ourselves to be used for our vote, and when Mm. it comes to both of these men, like that does not need to be a thing in 2020. I know this year has been hella weird, but like, come on now, like we need to make sure that they earn our vote. And that means, like, ooh, what are you doing? Ooh, can you say that again earn. for the people you in the back? What you say they got to earn it. You got to do something for it. Okay, now she really Okay, wild. I am really wilding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, my gosh. I feel like that song. Who's that song? Need a little tenderness. Okay. Um. Anyway. Okay. Um. Anyways. Um. I cannot stand you. (laughs) Y'all will never hear another podcast that make politics this one, bro. I'll be weak on this show. I hate Deandrea. Like, I love her. (laughs) Okay, let me bring it back. But that's really real, though. Earn the vote. Right. What are you? We what have you done people, for me lately? Unia got to add that in there too, because Janet, I, I think she's gonna be Essence Fest this year, and I wasn't. I didn't get a chance to go last year. So. Anyways, 
what have you done for me lately? Like, that is a yeah. real question. And just being Obama's vice president is not good enough. It's not. Or walking with Martin Luther okay. King with a thousand other people at the Bur- march that everybody right. walked at. Bernie going to the okay. 50th like- commemoration of Bloody Sunday is not good enough. Oh, and he didn't even go oh, yeah, to that no, oh, because yeah, he was yeah, actually bad, in bad. L.A. I said so- Biden went, but Bernie didn't. Um, like didn't go to that which is really something like what have you done for me lately and like don't tell me these these fluffy things like give me tangible items okay that is what yeah. i need to be shifted and changed i agree i would just like to add i think that one tangible thing both of these candidates to do can do because i've yet to see um from either party is actually create a list of tangible items and things that and objectives for the black community. I know Elizabeth Warren had one, yeah. and that was even Pete Buttigieg had one. Like, yeah. what are ways that you are going to significantly increase black voters' lives? And that's not something that's so white. We need to get out of this notion of thinking that that's too much. Like, voters. In this election, especially with the Democratic Party, like I said, they very much heavily rely on Black voters to save the nation. If we're going to have this much power, then that means that I'm going to demand some things. And so I would really like to see people sitting down and actually crafting out what it looks like to bring equity to our communities, because it's much long overdue. Have a sustainable and real answer for what reparations would look right. like and not I'm going to build you another YMCA. I don't like that. Right. I don't like that. We need to be talking about the real issues and especially in a society where yeah, the threat of virus can basically just deplete all of our social fabric like if we don't have a plan for these things right. then our most vulnerable populations are being affected a lot of times that includes black people so what are we doing about that what are we saying outside of our just doing outside of our our sound bites that are just so perfectly prepared like and, and sis and let me tell you i'm a t- i'm talking to both of them now both <laughs> candidate biden and both candidate bernie well Br- bernard candidate sanders excuse me <laughs> <laughs> I'm smack. Anyways, you feed me and tell me these sweet nothings that make me feel good. And when you get in office, either of you, you don't do it coming for your neck. I mean, yeah, we come in because I probably could go. Yeah, but (laughs) oh, girl, stop using a bonnet. How about that? You can't threaten. Y'all can stop pandering. Let's start with. Girl, you really trying to have me behind bars? I'm just. Mm, I can't do that. Mm. (laughs) But no, but for real, I know. I'm just saying that you tell me lies, and we revisit this maybe two, three years later when you're probably getting ready to run for re-election. And if I don't see that you've made any progress, like I'm gonna hold you accountable. And when I say I, I'm talking about all the black leaders and community that I stand with. We will hold you accountable. And I mean that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's real. And for us to hold them accountable, you actually have to have something that we can that we can hold accountable. And so back to the question, right. the answer is just like craft something, craft push forward some policies that are actually going to enhance black people's lives and not just in this very superficial way and while we're actually in this campaigning election like talk to black voters of every variety not just young people not just old people not just um you know baby boomers like you need to earn an appeal to every sect of the black population it shouldn't just be those who are the upper middle class and highly educated hbcus it shouldn't just be working class folks like how are you appealing and relating to to black people as a whole? We are not a monolith. And y'all are going to hear that until the day that you die, until you understand it. Like, we don't all think the same thing. We don't all have the same damn lives. Wow. Like, what are you doing and how is your outreach being effective? Exactly. So I think that that is really a question for the campaigns. Unfortunately, 
or fortunately, I don't get paid to figure that out. So they need to sit right. down and maybe Simone and, you know, Nina need to have a rally, like a rally together and talk about the black issues. I don't and know. They know the black but... leaders. They know who to talk to. So it's almost also like I'm challenging Nina and I'm also challenging Simone. How are you mm-hmm. all going to come into our communities and talk to the right people? Just not anybody, but talk to the right mm-hmm. people about what can be done. Seriously. And make peace with the fact that your candidate is not perfect. And they have definitely done things inevitably that have affected the black community in a negative way and reconciling with those things. I don't hear no defensiveness, no pushback. I don't care how much baby boy is paying you. Like these are real issues. This affects my grandma. This affects my mama. Like this affects my my sisters and people that are close to me. Right. And I can't wait to be an auntie because girl, I'm not having no kids in this economy. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Let me share my niece. How about that? (laughs) Because I don't know okay, if I want to have a child in this economy either. <laughs> okay. So, I don't know. <laughs> it is affecting uh, kids that I care about's life, though, yeah. because as an educator, anybody got time. Like, anybody got time. So, yes, I think that is enough for that question. Yeah. And we'll be right back with the democracy. Okay, I just had to take a deep breath. Um, (laughs) I feel like this show has kind of like zoomed by, um, but we've like said so much in this like short amount of time. Um, DeAndrea, I think I'll just start with my tea because I've basically just interwoven it throughout the whole episode. But my tea is (laughs) it's about the coronavirus. Uh, but more important, more importantly, it's really about mass hysteria and mm. the way in which it is affecting people's lives in real time. Um, yeah. I think that this virus has really brought to light many issues, like I said, within our health system, um, just like our notion of just being well and like others like like I said before, being very vulnerable, but it's also bringing to light a lot of social issues that I think that those at the top are ignoring. I saw a post the other day that basically said like, there have been so many bills and things passed or just like a lot of conversation about like trade and corporations and how are we going to protect X, Y, and Z, like these entities, but not as much conversation and decisions made for like the people that make these things up, right? Like if we close down a company with 450 workers, only, and this is being very generous, maybe half of them will actually have like the resources to not go to work every right. day, to not have to pay for childcare, right. to have paid sick time off. Like, it's just like, I am getting so frustrated with the way that we are neglecting those who don't have the privileges that that all of us or some of us get to live by. Like, not all of us can just work remotely every single day. If the school shut down, are kids going to be able to eat? Like sometimes the lunch at school is like the only lunch or meal that they get in a day. And that speaks to our social fabric, like the pieces that hold our social systems together. And this hits me very uh, hard as a person who practices community development, as a person who is, who believes herself to be a child advocate like what are we doing about these social situations and in the event that this whole city this whole country has to shut down and be on pause who is really going to be able to rise from the ashes like that is really what we need to be panicking about and I really think this mass hysteria just everybody throwing up their hands and screaming around you know running around screaming like you know I forget what the head cut off (laughs) Isn't that helping the situation? Like, I am not happy about, you know, these schools shutting down. And, you know, some things valid, right? Like, do we all, we're going to all live if we don't go to a tennis game, if we can't just be in the stadium, you know, while the NBA is playing. And and most importantly, like, those people are going to live. They're athletes. They make 
well above the poverty line. Hold but on. like those who have bought tickets too. Those two three hundred dollar sure. tickets too. I'm, okay. pretty, I'm pretty sure they'll be fine. Like they're gonna be okay, right? Like you're gonna get a refund, maybe, but like your life as it stands is not going to be that much affected. And I think that this coronavirus, this epidemic is really just, like I said, bringing to light how in some, it's just a tale of two worlds. Like in some ways, some people's lives are just inconvenienced, right? right? Like this is unfortunate. And some people's lives are being like shell-shocked by this. And I'm not about it. Like my frustrations are growing. Um, I think that those who have the access and the privilege to really think about these issues and lend themselves in these ways should be doing that and making sure that we're taking care of these vulnerable populations. Because really, as we know, we all we got, especially for Black people. So I agree. Like I said, do your due diligence, but also if you can help it, help your sisters out and your brothers out because and everybody in between. Right, right. That has that That's has led team. me to think about okay, what can I be doing with all this free time I have? Now I'm not gonna lie, I've been trying mm. to get my life together for the past couple of days because you know I am <laughs> not used to having no, this much cool. time. Um, but yeah, that has made me think about what can I be doing more um, for the community surrounding me because no, I am not sick. Mm-hmm. I have plenty of food to last me maybe a week and a half, um, mm-hmm. and I'm straight. But also, I know that my sister out there who I may not know may not have the same luxury. So it's something to think about. Last thing to plug, because, you know, uh, as a person who is a part of the divine nine, love y'all, but also very much in the space of holding y'all accountable. We need to be rallying around this issue too. Like, if we have enough uh, social capital, which all of these frats and organizations, sororities do, like we need to be the first ones to be mobilizing and advocating on on behalf of these vulnerable populations. Like, what are we doing for our seniors? Yeah, Period. you know. Actually, I think that's what I'll ideas. Do. Like, I'm gonna call my chapter president. There, there we go. Period. Period. So, you know, y'all not off the hook. Ever. Just kidding. <laughs> <For real. laughs> I wish I could see the video that comes with the audio, even though we just give you the audio. Like the video is like maybe twenty times better. <laughs> Low key, yo. When we get fancy, fancy, and people start paying us, we can have the live shows, and you know, people come out and see us, and you know, we can be clowns on yeah. the stage. <laughs> so tell your friends to listen to this show. But anyway. Um, okay, Deandre, what's your tea? Um, honestly, I feel like that was such a good note to end on, but I'll I'll say a little adding on to what I said before. Um, mm-hmm. y'all. I wanna name my tea the black boat. I get so <laughs> okay, <turn up. laughs> right. Um I get so annoyed. <laughs> with this question of the black vote when there are people in the community that are trying to educate voters in the black community there are people in the in the black community that um for whatever reason are voting against their interests there's just a bunch of things compounding together that makes this hella confusing um but one thing i want to say in my tea We need to get to a point where we not only vote our values, but we follow up on what those people we put in office are doing. Because it's what I've seen on social media lately are Black organizers um, demonizing other Black communities for, you know, not wanting or not even considering um voting for the interests of you know poor people whatever what have you those more liberalistic ideas and those voters who don't agree with that attacking black organizers or those who do have liberalistic ideas like it's just a, it's just an ongoing thing that now I'm getting quite tired of that it's like sit down 
Think about your values. Vote that. It's not that hard. Like, it's just, it's not that hard. And we need to stop attacking each other. Because if your values are not in line with my values of climate change, and they very well may not be, okay, that's it. We'll see who's standing up in November. Okay? Like, we need to stop attacking each other. Now, granted, I will say this. A lot of things that are going on that I see is just a lot of miseducation. And I think that comes from us not being able to reimagine what life could be like when everybody has paid sick leave. Mm. Like that, that can be a reality. Like that could be a reality. Um, The idea of everyone should be able to be tested for a virus for free amid a crisis. We don't need to pass legislation for that. We don't. And we need to, I wish we could sit down and I mean, maybe we need to hold our black institutions more accountable in having those conversations like the NPHC um, Mm -hmm. and black leaders, HBCUs. Maybe that's NAACP, let, Urban right, League, right. like I can just list them down the okay. list. <laughs> and let's and I, we occupy a lot of those spaces. So a lot of yeah. those spaces, and be calling people out. Hey, hey, <laughs> look, there's some people mad at me now. <laughs> Period, and that's okay because righteous anger is fine. Okay. And if I'm pushing you towards a more free and liberated right, world right. for my people, then hey. Right. Be mad. That's what it is. But we need to get this together. Yes, we need to hold people accountable. And we don't have to reinvent the wheel. Like, you can do it within some of your organizations. Like, okay, that was smart. <laughs> Y'all really got to see this video, man. <laughs> but um, simply put, because what I said was probably a little all over the place for those to follow. What I'm saying is we got to stop attacking each other. If somebody does not agree with us, that's them. But if they don't agree with us because they don't have the the are mis, they are miseducated on what the value that we are attacking them that they don't have is missing, then let's sit down and have that conversation. Let's sit down and let's sit down and have that conversation about paid sick leave is a thing. And I'm just using that as an example because that's the hot topic now amid the coronavirus. Paid sick leave mm-hmm. should be a thing. It shouldn't be temporary. Yeah. I should be able to work at McDonald's making more than a teacher anyways. Um, <laughs> my frustrations are coming oh. out. Yes, some people that work at McDonald's <laughs> work, make more than educators here in North Carolina anyways. Um, wow. right. I should be able to work at McDonald's or even be a teacher and have access to paid sick leave. Like, we need to reimagine yeah. what the world would be like with those basic necessities. Yeah. And honestly, even to that prior point, what would it look like if both a teacher and a McDonald's worker had a livable wage? Like, Bam. why should a McDonald's worker not be able to eat? Like, Bam. these are not, and don't tell me because y'all don't care about, you know, customer service, it's not that hard. Like, honestly, it's very hard because I can't even deal with people for a... Uh, 15 minutes to be honest with no, you. She can't, so no. to ask people to do it for a whole day is really a is really a feat. Like, wow. But the reality of the situation is they still need to eat. Okay. And so when you have people that are working three, four, five jobs, to your point, Deandra, exactly. I think that we need to stop antagonizing our friends, especially. Yeah. Like y'all are not about to make me fight or yell over two white men. That's that. That's that on period. Like Ooh, I have like you're not. You're not. I'm not about to sit up here and do mm-hmm. this with you. If you really want to talk about some issues, if you really wanna, you know, ignite the fire in me, let's talk about education. Let's talk about Medicare for all. Let's talk about, like I said, these social systems. That will get me upset. That will get the ire that you desire. I'm not standing up and fighting over no 70-year-old man. Mm-mm. Y'all won't see me. You, yeah, it, it won't happen. But I still need to be willing to have the conversation. You need to still be willing to listen to me. And as progressives, I just feel like there's a lot of infighting going on. That's just petty, right? Yeah, like, petty. who cares? At the end of the day, if we have shared values, 
then that should be the thing that that guides the conversation. So when it comes to the black vote, it's very, um, like I said, sensitive for me because I feel like as black people, we have a lot to protect and we hold a lot of power um, that isn't unfortunately recognized always in this, in this society, but like, it's definitely there. And so we need to channel that power for good y'all. So yeah, we should probably chill out the whole Warren, Bernie beef. If you are spending your whole day just coming at Warren people or Bernie people, like that's just, that's dead. Like mm-hmm. that shows me that you're really just not even like for real in community with those who are on the ground, like build local power. Like, yes. Okay. But also like, there are so many other things that we could be like turning our attention to. And yeah. Yeah. Whoop, that is. <laughs> oh! Whoop, that is. What's Whoop, that song? Daddy. Whoop, that is. Daddy. Whoop, that is. Oh, it is getting so smack. I gotta go to the here. post office, girl. Okay. <laughs> All right, you're right, you're right. Okay, well, thanks, friends, for listening. Uh, tune in next week for more stuff and commentary from me. And Andrea, hope y'all have a great weekend. Woo!